Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me on one-third of a lovely podcasting group. It's a man who spent all his time in North Carolina and all over Virginia getting a new car and coaching games, Mr. Shanair Duran II. How are you, sir? Tired, but here. And ready to talk some soccer. There you go. Sounds like a good American. There you go. Um, and also joining us the podcast is a man who is love with the fact that uh, Postacoglu is making Spurs the next Man City 2.0 because he's just copying Pep. It's Kate. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, excited to have watched two matches this weekend that really excited me. One of them for the full 90 and this one not quite for the full 90, but for most of it. So, yeah, together, not a bad weekend for yeah, me. Close. Look. Outside of like 20 seconds, I count as a full 90. So it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Could have been worse. Um, guys, before we jump into this podcast, do you know why today's date is so special? August 27th? Something to do with what you posted on Instagram today? It does have something to do with what I posted on Instagram today. Which, by the way, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you need to at River City 93 or Twitter at River City 93. But today is the 28th anniversary of the U.S. Open Cup team. 1995, Richmond went to El Paso, played the El Paso Patriots, won in PKs, our glorious honor, who had hair then. I posted a picture about this. Rob Rucrop scored the opening PK there. And uh, if you're a Richmond Kickers fan, this is a great team to know about. So if you follow us anywhere, you can listen to the four episodes that me and Shanair did when we first started this podcast, DocuPod. Um, there's an episode with the Total Soccer Show where we break down the game. We talked to Dennis Violet, who was a Manchester United legend, also the head coach of that team. We talked to Brian Kalmar, who's an MLS legend, also uh, was a part of that team, and also Rob Ucroft. So just putting that out there for uh, people to listen to. You know, have some happy moments and a little bit of moment of sadness. You know. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you it, it's always darkest before the before uh, the the morning. So we're going through our dark period right now. We'll be fine, you know. And look, this is the crazy thing about it. So this is technically Darren's longest losing streak. If you if you go back to 2021, he had a three game losing streak. He lost the last two games of the regular season there, and then lost the playoffs. This is definitely tied for Darren's longest losing streak. This is his longest streak without a win, obviously, but this is his longest losing streak. And the reason how we got to that three-game losing streak, um, a one nothing loss to Lexington uh, Soccer Club. Um, game was a little bit delayed because of Thunder, so game didn't really kick off to eight, uh, which I thought was kind of funny because I'm like, even though we're not in Richmond, we're not playing this game to almost the East Coast time, which I loved. Um but, yeah, I mean, starting lineups were 
definitely a little bit of a shock. I felt like we all kind of went in the chat at the same time. It was just like, so no Emmy, no Akira. Darren is bailing this. <laughs> but it didn't seem that way. It didn't seem that way. It seemed like, um, I don't know. What, what are you guys' first initial thoughts about the lineup? I was thinking I didn't um, yeah. permutations we've had in this midfield. Mm-hmm. Shadir? I, I just felt it was interesting. But the first thing that was that was interesting to me was seeing Bentley playing as the nine. And I was like, ah, about time he got pulled in from the wing and to play in the position that I feel is naturally more fitting for him. Um, he wasn't bad at all, and he, he did pretty well in that position. Um, big body uh, bands another did thing was, Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> I think that, that's, that's a perfect nickname for him right there, because he, he, was, he was doing his thing. He was definitely throwing his weight around and, and making a nuisance of himself up front there. And his, his, just his motor, his, his energy, and his, just what he brings energy-wise to the team. Yes, I understand that Terzaghi is a lot craftier. He knows how to – he's basically like a fox in the box. He's – I would say he's like a, a slower version of Jamie Vardy. Like, he just knows exactly where to be at the right place at the right time. That's, that's great, but it's a, it was good to have a change of pace to see just that, that energy that Bentley brought to the front line, and we could see it. Well, I mean, they created some, some pretty decent chances. Um, also seeing O'Dwyer in the lineup was was uh, in the starting lineup in the, in the midfield three was 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 different. Um, it, that was O'Dwyer instead of um, Gomez. So uh, that was that was interesting. But of course, back line was just exactly what it was. And Tom Clifton goal, who actually did a very good job. Yeah, did a very good job. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about like this front three, how it kind of worked. So, like you said, Shadir, big body bins, Matthew Bentley. He seemed to have the role of the target striker, kind of having that hold up play, get him a high kind of career on the wings. You had Landon Johnson off to his right, kind of. I felt, correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like his sole director was go out there, try some stuff, and be quick and don't mess up. Like, I feel like that was his whole role. <laughs> and Syracuse, so I'm not going to lie, I didn't notice Syracuse on the field until the second half where he was outside and almost – he got tackled by a middle night, uh, which was the wrong kind of football. But, I, Kate, we were talking about earlier, do you feel like his role was more so, like, to be, like, a defensive for it? Like, hey, come back and help out with the back line of the defensive role of that sort? I think so. I So, I, I – felt the same way I was at a certain point like halfway through the first half I actually had to look up the lineup because I thought we were paying, playing with a front two because the mm-hmm. only people I could see on the screen were Bentley and Johnson and that's when I realized we had a third forward on field um so yeah he he was definitely it was almost like they were playing at a diagonal where Johnson felt like he was hanging up furthest on the field Bentley was sort of connecting between the midfield and the front line and Sierkowski was just yeah, he was off to the side and, and didn't really get too involved until later in the match but honestly I he was he probably had the least impact 
over the, the scope of the game because um, Johnson had a really great um, shot halfway through the first half as well. The, I, I took some notes during the game, and the two words that I wrote down about Johnson were quick thinking and ex- instinctive because it felt like he didn't he wasn't taking his time on the ball. He was he was moving quickly and he was doing sort of what his instincts were telling him. And they were very good instincts. I thought that it was a, a, a good performance from him and his instincts are totally in the right place. He has a good nose for goal. And I thought he had a he forced a really good save out of the keeper. Yeah, he did. He forced a really good save out of the keeper. And honestly, that play comes because Billy does a good job with hold up play, runs into the space that he created by his hold-up play and lays the ball out perfectly. And Shannon, to your point, like, that's what we want to see more out of Billy. Like, we've always felt like he's been played out of position. And I kind of feel as if, like, last year, the six goals that he had kind of was like a false equivalency of where he could play. Like, he was a product of great service. But this is Brittany's bread and butter, being that hold-up striker and allowed him. And you can tell he's a guy that hasn't necessarily gotten – as many starts as he was looking to get. But if Darren believes in him and believes that he can do it as well, in which he did well, why not see what he can do more from it? Um, the midfield, like you said, we had O'Dwyer coming in. I, me personally, the last couple of podcasts, they've been, the team overall has been well, but when O'Dwyer's coming, he looked well, he looked good. Um, he gets his first, I believe this is his first full 90. Forty kickers. It's funny saying that for a guy that's been here for three years, and we're talking about a year three getting his first full ninety. But Atari uh-huh. did that. Uh, we're gonna talk about him a little bit later because he kind of had another impact as well in this game. But uh, he gets a good start. Uh, you also had Zaka, who's kind of Zaka rolled to me when I saw a lot of this game, which was a kind of tactical recall. Um, we would go into attack, and sometimes even in defense. He would slot right in the middle of Ani and Dakota and be the one carrying the ball up and the one kind of started to play from that way. Odwyer would kind of shift middle, and then you would have Neil kind of on the right of Odwyer, where Zaracasa would tuck into. So it, it felt like Neil had a little bit raised to be further up the field and be more direct to be in, in the middle of the field. What did, did you guys see anything different? No, I, I thought um, that. Okay, go for it, No, I was a little confused with where O'Dwyer was playing. Sometimes he looked like he was an 8. Sometimes he looked like he was a 10. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought Vigno was our 10. Like, especially that last chance he had, like, at the end, like, literally at the end of stoppage time, at the end of the game, that header coming in. He, he came in like a 10 on that. And, and – those in those type of situations, he was popping up left and right throughout the game. A part of me thought to myself, "Well, okay, wait a minute, he's just not sure of where he's playing." But then I realized it seemed like it was intentional. Like O'Dwyer was given license to roam occasionally. Yeah. Which I was like, "Okay, that that seems all right." <laughs> it seems as if like if the ball wasn't in. It- that's his position on the field. It seemed like Darren was like, all right, go push up, go help out with support. If the ball is on your side or in your vicinity, drop back and help cover Razaka and kind of clean that out. And then the back line, I will say this is – now, the back line we have – we will talk about them later. They have had their shortcomings in probably the last 10 games, right? This unit started off really, really strong. Darren talked about it before during our uh, – pregame show, and even on the broadcast, you heard about it, about 
we was talking about Andy, like 15 games. Andy was probably one of the best defenders. Defensive unit was probably one of the best. But ever since then, when Andy came out of form and Hornsby been hurt, his defense hasn't been able to get back to the heights that it was. And they have kind of been crashed. And we kind of let this team down with individual errors and things like that. Um, and we can talk about those on play, but there's no point of I feel like tonight, in the stress that this team has had, this has been one of the this has been the best defensive performance we had. Um, and I talk about it in terms of the number of shots that we gave up, the number of clear shots that we gave up. Will Popkins only had one save. And I'm not talking about like, oh, he faced a whole bunch of other shots and he couldn't get to them. Like, no. He only faced two shots. And he saved one. The other one and the other got back and saved it for him. Like, just think about it. You're talking about a defense that hasn't been able to, you know, from old goals to getting beat on set pieces to and there was a little bit of a moments of nervousness where Ani uh Dwarf in the first half was they threw the ball down the line, Dwarf will get it on the half turn, it kind of spin around Ani. And you know, I was getting nervous for Ani there for a second because I'm like, Ani, like, this is the second time he done this. But outside of that, like the defense did a good job. They were forced Alexa to take shots from wide. They were forcing Lexington to dump it over the middle where they could just clean it up and restart possession. Like, I felt really good. Like, normally we talk about, like, if we get any offensive output, it has to come from Fitch or Hornsby. And to be real with you, they had no offensive impact in this game. And I was fine with that because they play so well defensively. Agree, agree. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's just a repost moment. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. It's nice to watch a match where. I almost didn't have to – we didn't have to notice the defense very often. They weren't the protagonists of the match. Um, it was sort of being able to return to, like, trust that, you know, they were going to be able to handle what came at them. And it was nice to focus on our midfield, on our forwards, and not – act. I, di- I didn't find myself focusing on the defense too often because they were doing what they needed to do, yeah. clearing the ball routinely. And, you know, it was, it was a welcome return to – Trusting our back line. Yeah, it was. And it, I mean, if you look at Lexington's lineup, like this is a lineup built on quickness, getting the ball quick in the middle of the field, and relying on Nico Brown and, and Dwarf to create chances. You know, with uh, I can't remember the winger they have. I think he has seven assists um, to really create. Richmond did a really good job of plugging up the middle and telling like Lexington, like if you're going to create anything, it's going to be in the wings. And you're not going to get it behind mm-hmm. us, so you're going to have to dig and dump this ball down the field. And if you try to cross it, we got the twin tires back here that are going to clean it up. And it seemed like anytime Lexington tried to start that, it would just get automatically cut out. It would get cut out. It would get cut out. And even to the first half, like, you know, Landon Johnson has a good chance on goal. Like, it didn't feel as if this team, it came, you brought this up multiple times. And I've noticed it within this game. Like, when Richmond can play quick and they're not overthinking, they it they look one eighty difference than where they where the team has looked before. Yeah. 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 I found yeah, I, I think played through the middle mostly mm-hmm. rather than on the wings as well. Yeah. yeah. So were you about to say something? Yeah, I I I was just gonna say that the the a lot more dynamic. Mm-hmm. with those three and I think it's a mentality thing um, 
I think when the team is playing, what, what I could compare it to, and it's funny that I can compare it to this because there's a link here, an Argentine link. Um, it was like the past two or three World Cup, Argentina relying on Messi and that handicapping the rest of the team's fluidity. And in this case, it's like the whole team is thinking, all right, we need to find a way to get the ball to Terzaghi. We need to find a way to get the ball to Terzaghi. And it's like no one's actually trying to think creatively of how can we break down this, this team. And I think in this game, there was a lot more of that. Um, out of the two teams, Lexington's defense looked more uneasy and with their backs against the wall than we did. Yeah. Even though uh, if you look at the stats, I mean, and that's, that's the thing. That's the one thing I really love about soccer is that you can't just look at the stats. Because if you were to look at the stats, you would say, okay, this was even pretty done, let's move on. But you could see that when the kickers were moving forward, there was, a, there was a kind of an aura of panic among the Lexington defense to kind of get, get us out of there. While when we were defending, it was more of a, a sense of just, all right, let's shut this down. Shut this down, close it down. I mean, just looking at, um, I think, was it, was it O'Dwyer who, who made that block? of the shot up that shot on target just coming back and doing doing his job get that ball out of there and i i I think that speaks to something and and i think there needs to be a rejig and we need to figure out how to not in this without him being the sole option in everyone's mind because don't get me wrong fazazi is very valuable and 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 virtually irreplaceable for the kickers in terms of what he's done for us the past three years and what he can do when unleashed correctly. But the reliability on him, other teams are starting to figure that out and they're starting to completely shut that down and we're not moving on from that and saying, all right, let's just try and create something. If Terzaghi's open, then we give it to him. He, he scores. If, if he finds that space, if he has that fox in the box moment, He's going to score. But other than that, we need to think more creatively. We need to think outside the box and create something without solely focusing on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first half ended a little bit uneventfully. I mean, the Lakers good play. And I, I kind of go back to thinking, like, all right, first play good 45. Let's see if the second 45 can last up. And it did. Like, Granted, now, I will say this. There were a little bit moments of panic out of this team. The moment I specifically think about is when Will PopQuest got his shot. Um, not a shot. His uh, clearance. Oh, I don't really yeah, his kick cut off by Dwoy. But I feel like that's kind of down to game experience. Like, if that's a carry in that situation, that ball comes out quicker versus PopQuest, he's trying to scan the field. He's trying to look, make sure he makes the right read. There and um, the moment where Dak were – Okay, you can describe it really good, but where the ball went out of bounds, where we were trying to build and we couldn't find options. Yeah, I felt like, sort of speaking, or like what you mentioned earlier, where we play a bit better when um, we don't have as much time to think. There was one sort of moment where we sort of slipped back into that possession-based game right, right around the 55th, 56th minute, um, where uh-huh. we, we had possession going forward. It was a bright moment. 
but it, it turns into that turning back ball made back, went back to the back line, passed around a few times between Ani, Dakota and Palmquist and, and um, Lex's front line was just pushing forward and forward and forward. And eventually it, Palmquist and Jonathan were on the back line, were on the end line essentially. And the ball goes out for a throw in. And that to me felt like it wasn't something we saw in the first half because there wasn't the opportunity to control possession. Possession was very equal um, in that way, but that was sort of a moment of exactly why that has felt like it hasn't been working for this team because you have too many opportunities to get pushed further and further back without the back line having the opportunities, the space, or necessarily the the, the tools in their tool set to unpick the front line yeah. and connect back into the midfield. So that one moment was sort of like, this is what we've hated seeing from them in so many of these other matches. Nice that it was only one moment in this match, but abilities. <clears throat> yeah. And it kind of felt like Lexington was kind of going back to what they saw in the second game. Like you remember the second game, the second half, it was like Lexington was like every it's something every five or seven minutes they were like, all right, we can creep on another five yards. We can creep on another five. And I will I will say this Richmond recognized that it was just like, oh, you're creeping up. Oh, okay, we're just going to play the long ball to pick. Like, we're not going to even try to build up through the middle. We're not going to try that. We tried that for the first 15 minutes, and we almost messed up. No, we're going to launch this ball up to Bentley, but he's going to hold it down and dump it off. And it seemed like that was working. Like, that was working really well. Um, and I'm going to say right around, what, the 60th, 55th minute? Somewhere around there. Uh, we got our first substitution. Landon Johnson comes off. Granted, now I will say this. Bowie's only 16. He looks good, but he's 16 and it showed. Like, there were some balls out there that I felt like he could have done better on, some opportunities like that. But um, in comes Belmar, who we haven't seen in a while. I don't think we've seen Belmar since in a while. I think almost in six or seven games we haven't seen Belmar. I feel like I'll go back and look and see. But um, it was good to see him out there. And I will say this I, I know I joked on him last week. As a player, we can personally move on. But if he can offer 30 minutes like this on a regular basis, and maybe this is the play from Darren, like allow Johnson to get the start and then bring Belmar in for the 30 minutes to kind of close it out or or Gordon, I really like this, the play for him, because he created probably three of our most dangerous chances in the game. And you that just shows you where we're at as a team right now, just based on form. Because if we're a team of form, the nil chance get finished – the what? Um, God, who else chance? The nil chance, the Dwyer chance get finished. And there was one more chance he created, didn't he? I thought so. Oh, the Bentley one. Yes, the Bentley one. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Bentley one, maybe not so because it was a tough angle, but those other two definitely get finished. Like the nil one, as much as I love Neil, he got to finish that chance. You can't run it up into that. You, you can't hit that. Over the over the crossbar, like you at least got to challenge the goalkeeper into a tough save. Yeah, that that's that's a tough one, you know. Like that, you know. We've talked before where like there are moments in this street where it's like if we score here, if we block a shot here, like you can feel the momentum change. And it felt like if we score there, I, I feel as if like Darren's like, all right, we're going back to what we do, button down the hatches, like get it out here with a win. And it felt like Lexington gets more expansive. And maybe there's another opportunity for us to score, but unfortunately we don't. Um, and 
unfortunately, we get a red card from Dak now. I will say this. I do not blame Dak for this red card at all. Like, I'd rather you make the challenge and get the card than versus him get a free shot on target. Um, it is unfortunate how this play builds out because it's O'Dwyer. Because Dwight is trying to play a one-two, taps it to Bollingen, and it's Dwyer who gets a foot on it and taps it back into Dwight's foot. And they're going to get the PK for it. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Any thoughts from y'all in the second half? I know I've been talking a lot, so I'll let y'all talk. Well, one thing that, speaking, sort of something you said before the show, Elliot, um, about um, like maybe limiting Emmy's role a little bit and sort of speaking to then what Shanir was saying about how do we, you know, build a team that doesn't exclusively rely on Emmy. Speaking a little bit about Belmar's role, I thought, like a, a combination where what Belmar was bringing, which was mostly low balls on the ground, cross back from the end line to the top of the six. That's what Emmy feasts on. Like that's, that's his bread and butter in terms of his goal scoring position. So possibly, you know, around the 60th minute mark, maybe bringing those two players in, adding that dimension to the building up the middle that we saw in this match. I think there's the possibility that if Emmy's on the field, get it at the other end of those balls into the box um, that he, he, he finishes a lot of those types of balls. So that's, that was something that I definitely noticed. I thought the folks, the, the players we had out there, they, they were, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, I wanted them off or I was disappointed, but we're thinking that if Emmy's at Emmy's on the receiving end of a few of those, he, that, that's sort of his bread and butter. So you could see some really good potential there. Yeah. Um, Shanere, you had a really good question. So this is a chance you can ask your question now to Kate about the substitutions. I wanted you to save it for this moment. Um, yeah, so we, we were talking about, before we started recording, we were talking about how Devin um, uh, missed one point, and that was taking off, uh, what it it was, Johnson, what is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm taking off Johnson. Oh, I'm kind of drawing a blank on who is picking up Belmar. And the 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 thing is that's the only thing he makes, and it's only after the PK that he makes any other changes. After they after they score the PK, and literally there are literally what six minutes left in the game. Plus stoppage time. Um, that's not exactly a lot to work with with the stuff coming on. My my question is, what does what do we do with regards to Johnson coming off for Belmont? What other stuff could have made a difference to keep the momentum? On our side, and maybe prevent that PK from even happening. The million-dollar question. Yeah. I I thought that Sierkowski was more anonymous in this match than he has been in previous. So that felt like one opportunity. I know that he he's played the vast majority of the minutes he's been available for. Obviously, we're not in training. We're not seeing you know sort of what 
was making the decision between him and other players there. This match, I didn't feel that he was having as large of an impact as we've seen him in previous matches. So I wouldn't have been mad maybe for him to make way for Gordon, seeing as sort of how much havoc Belmar was wreaking with his pace down the wing. Um, maybe bringing Gordon in to do the same on the other side would have added a dimension. Um, I thought that our, that Bentley did really well with his take-ons. I thought he beat several players um, and, and was sort of dangerous on the turn. So, and that Gordon is very dangerous in that role as well. So I would have, I thought that could have been a dimension we could have used a little bit earlier, especially with their back line for feeling a little bit on the ropes. As mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, I would say for me, <clears throat> I would say for me, and this is why I kind of start thinking for next week's lineup. Like, I don't mind having Emmy doing the Sarakowski role. Like, having Bentley be the, the main target striker and then just having Emmy run off of that. Because I think Emmy, I mean, Emmy's not the figure of the foot, but I guarantee you Emmy can run onto the balls that Bentley's relying for and Lionel Johnson have the right wing. And then you can bring in the Sarakowski or Belmar, you know, 16 minutes on and so from there. Like, I think, I think that me personally, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at it now. Like, you got to create almost like fake one on one opportunities for Emmy. And I mean, Allow him to be out on that wing and allow him to drift in the midfield and whatnot and kind of free them up that way. Maybe so. Like, maybe it requires because teams are going to notice, like, all right, if he's on the wing, like, maybe we need a double up out there. Like, we're not going to leave him 1v1. So that's a left back and a center back or a left back and a center mid coming out of there. And it just opens up more space in the middle for Bentley to be more direct. Like, you can play around with this and see what comes from it. I don't, I think, like, I don't know. Like, I look at this game and I look for what's happened in it, and I like what I saw from it. The result is not favorable to us, but I like – like, there there was a style of play that I saw in this that I haven't seen in other games. And that, to me, is, like, a bigger takeaway almost than the result. Like, if this result happens and we're winning and drawing games, it's not that big. We're like, oh, okay, this game got away from us. It just so happens to be in the middle of, like, a crappy stretch that it feels stinger-ended, but if you look at this game singularly, I, I, I'm not too mad. Even with Belmar, like, Belmar coming off for third of my minutes, he creates three of our most dangerous chances. And even O'Dwyer, like, O'Dwyer is literally, I want to see maybe a half an inch away from scoring the game, like, scoring the game tying goal. Like, that that's how close this game was. We're a nil overshot and an old wire half an inch away from winning this game. It's just how it goes. Like, this team is dotting. It, it doesn't have the lucky knees to get over those numbers. Yet, but, um, matter of fact, since we kind of talked about this game and whatnot, if you're, if you're Darren, what are some lessons you can take away from this game that leaves you in a better headspace than in previous games? I, I think when when we have the momentum, and and we saw that with the sub of bringing on Belmar, and Belmar started to get things rolling when he came on for Johnson. But when you when you start to get that momentum, you need to find any possible means of keeping it, because in this situation, it's because 
that momentum kind of tapered off. That's how uh, Duke is able to, Duke and Brown are able to put a little bit more pressure on our back line, and that's what, what leads to Duke getting taken down in the box. So can we create a situation where we can keep where we can keep Lexington on the back foot, keep Lexington pushed back uh, in, in, into their half, bring on the players you need to, in order to do that, because our defense is handling things pretty well so far. But don't, don't put us in a situation where we're inviting the pressure on our defense even more as we get towards the end of the game. Yeah. I think that 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 would be my my approach on it. Yeah, I liked that we. It felt like for most of the game, creation was coming also through the middle. Ellie said earlier about how Hornsby and Fitch were sort of hanging back. We weren't. Our outlets were not through our, um, our wide players. It was coming through the middle, and it was working. We, we had some pretty – we had more dangerous chances in this match than probably the last three put together. So continuing to maximize Neil's ability to transition the ball in the midfield, Bentley's hold-up play and distribute to the players running on, I thought that that just worked a lot better than I, – I just – I don't think especially aerial crossing is our strength. So when we've had to rely on – you know, we're doing something trying to put the ball in the bottom of the air. It just isn't playing to the strengths of our. No, I agree. I mean, there were some things that I felt like we could have worked on a little bit more. Um, Hornsby crosses kind of left me wanting a little bit more. Um, they were as dangerous as Nils might be. Because um, as Matt, who's down in the pockets, he's enjoying the time, he's never likes to point out to us. Uh, Seth Peters have been strong suited to this team. Um and, and and so for that um kind of if he'll if Horns is going to take the free kicks I would like to see um, be a little bit more dangerous kind of create more chances from there um I I really do like Horns I mean not Hornsby Belmar as the target forward um I feel like it's something that Terzaghi can't do you know just just because of his size like he naturally can't like Belmar can jump and head a ball. Emmy can't. Like, Emmy's not going to do that. Um, so I would like to see that. I think going with the front three of Emmy out to that left wing, you can play like a left forward. You can do it. You can make it work. We've seen Darren Dunn <clears throat> do a pseudo back three. He can do a pseudo front three where, you know, you, you can just adjust it to what you need. Um, I like that. I, I, I want to see a little bit more out of Wire. I like it, but – O'Dwyer doesn't push the ball forward. There's a moment in the second half I remember it where O'Dwyer is kind of like zigzagging through the middle of the midfield, and he can play a ball forward and nail. He can play another ball forward in Syracuse, and instead of just playing it, he's kind of waiting for that perfect pass, and you can tell, like, all right, this is something he's built to yet to be confident where he can just play it. Like, if that's Suko or that's Jao, they're playing that ball automatically. They're creating a chance where O'Dwyer is like, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not. So I would like to see that, um, but that comes with time. And, you know, that's more game runs, more game experience. Like you said, like he's been with the team for three years, and now he's getting extended run of this team. Um, the back line, look, um, 
outside of Dakota's red card, this back line played probably the best game. Like, prop them up with praise and make sure they feel good. Like, we cannot beat up this back line anymore. And we have to make them go as positive as we can. So, like, I was showing the game tape up until the penalty and then after. Like, the penalty never happened. Like, it's just a weird static transition to happen. We don't show it. And then we show after. Like, that, that's all. Um, and Willie Palm Quest, Willie Palms was like to call him, played a fantastic game. I would like to see him a little bit better with the foot distribution, not taking too, too long to get the ball back in play. But outside of that, I felt like he waited for the right moments to play the ball. I felt like he played the ball in the perfect spots. Um, he looked strong, making good saves. He was decisive. And Akira got another prodigy. So outside of that, man, like, I, I'd walk out of this game not overly disappointed. Sad because of the result, because I would like to see us win. You always want to see your team win, but I can be proud of this and be like, there are like you can see Darren is working on trying to solve certain issues that we have had concerns. Um, so guys, next game up is a little bit short turnaround. Um, Wednesday, we're at home against Central Valley Fuego. So, for those who don't know, Fuego has a new head coach, it is Mr. Adam Smith. He's been in charge since July 3rd. Uh, so far in his reign. They are in the midst of a six-game non-winning streak. Uh, he does has two wins under the against Lexington. And I believe the other is against who's other against? I can just I just saw it. Um, uh, Charlotte. But outside of that, um, this team he is two two wins, two draws, and five losses. Um, so with that. This team just is coming off of a 4-4 crazy game where they were up a man against uh, that pink team. Um, so what, guys, first of all, let's talk about a lot of What would you like to see Darren do with this formation? Do you want to see more of the same? Do you want to see changes? Because, I mean, effectively now at this point, playoffs are done. Do you want to see a little bit more experimentation? Do you want to see this lineup from Lexington return and see what they can do it at home? What would you guys like to see? I'm interested to see who's going to come in for Dakota because we could go play the kids route and play Beckett or bring in Chris Cole to try to go for like a more one-for-one replacement. So I'm I'm interested to see which direction. I feel like based on previous, we might be looking at Beckett Howell, which he, he was put into a tough position coming on after the pen because they were in their time wait. Lexington was time wasting the hell out of that game yeah. and were going down under every single push. And so he, he was put into some tough circumstances there, but he played really, he's played really well in the other times that he's um, been out there. So I, I would not be mad if he was the one who. Um, yeah, that's what I lean to. Shanir, what about you, man? Um, I'm, I, I think we need to go with a similar lineup. I'm not going to really um, go hard on Spirakowski too much because, I mean, that's a one-off, you know. Sometimes you get you get a game that's a little – that's off. And I think this was his off day. And I think he's going to turn around and come back to form um, in the next game. And I do like Bentley up top in terms of a sense of, of energy. Because I, I do feel that with a team that is hugging the bottom of the, of the table, um, we've got to come at them. 
we've got to come at them. We can't show any signs of fear because if we do, they're just they're just gonna take it as there's gonna be like sharks in the water. We see what happened against against that team from up there, that pink team from up there. That you know, you come at them and you're gonna get a result. You, you know, if 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 you allow Valley, who are at the bottom of the league right now, they're back against the wall. They're they're they've got nothing to lose. They're going to come in swinging with haymakers, and you just need to make sure that you put them on the ropes early. So, yeah. having the that kind of build up play and work away up the field type situation, we can't do that against Central Valley. We need to hit them hard. We need to hit them early, and we need to knock them in the teeth as early as possible. So this front line. I think we need to go ahead with them again. I would say maybe earlier on in the second half, take O'Dwyer off for Gomiero and see what he does with the flares that he pulls with against a tired defense. Um and 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 go from there. And then again also maybe Belmar for Johnson. And if Sarakowski's not having a good day, Gordon for, for Sarakowski. Yeah, um, I mean, Dak's not gonna play this game, so I'm I'm in the same camp. Like, play back at house, see what he got. Like, there's no better opportunity to see what the kid got than this. Like, it's, see what he got. Yeah. Um, let let him play. See what you got there. And I mean, the worst that can happen is that he has a bad ninety minutes, and then you go right back to Dak after a week and a half. I guess you're young. If he plays really well, then hey, then you know you got a player that you can. You know, have ready for next year, ready to build and good experience. Um, so I'm cool. The back four can say the same. I don't mind playing Willie Palquist for this game again. Um, let him go. Uh, see what he can do. He did good against Lexington. I can't uh, speak higher praise about him than this. Um, I also wanted to play because I got a chant that I've been working on for him. So I definitely want him to play in the home game. Um, my selfish reason. Midfield. Uh I'm fine with the midfield. It's very defensive, which I'm cool with at this point. Like, let it be defensive. And Shadari, like you're right, if if O'Dwyer is slowing down or he's starting to, you know, have little mental lapses um, and it feel like the midfield's getting a little bit stressed, yeah, bring on Jao or bring on Suko, you know, see, see what you can do there. Yeah, um, him too. In front three, uh, eh, I'm cool with, with, with sitting Sarah Kelsey only because I felt like you don't want to get him burnt out. Like, he's played, what, 12 games for Richmond so far since he's been here. I feel like it's time to kind of, like, all right, you – granted, in, in part of this, outside of Emmy and Neil, he's probably been our best player in this stretch. Hey, you know, Warner Sons were there yesterday. You really didn't notice him, and it might have been what Darren was asking to do. But, okay, let's set him against uh, Fuego. I wouldn't mind seeing the front three of Bentley – uh, Emmy and Johnson, and have Emmy is kind of that left winger and doing the road that Sarah Cosby is doing. Or if you don't want to go that route, play Belmar. Go Belmar there, and then you know you can bring on Gordon, you can bring on Sarah Cosby, and you can bring on uh, Emmy or whomever. I'm fine with that. Um, but I want to see Billy get another role again as this target for it. I feel like he could cause some damage there. Um, and whatnot, and Chanera, correct, you're correct, absolutely correct, Kate, as well. Like, you see, these to start quick, these to be direct. Like, they cannot play around the ball, they can't 
wait for opportunities to come. You got to be the right. You got to force Central Valley Fuego into questions. You got to force them into chaos moments. And I feel like if we can do that, we can walk away this game well. Like both teams have nothing to play for. They're, neither team is going to the playoffs. It's really yeah. pretty much like the last eight or seven games for this team because this team, like, really wants to think about from this point on to the end of the season. Like, both teams are going to see each other at the end of the season, get in Richmond on October 14th. How are both teams going to progress through those last eight or seven games? How are both teams going to play in those eight last seven games? I want us to be playing well. I want us to be figuring out, all right, what works, what doesn't work, and let's go on and let's just do it. Play direct, play quick, and go from there. I, I got no problems. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, look, also on top of this, you come out here with a win, you get like a week and a half off before you got to fly to Union Omaha, and you get more rest time. And it wouldn't surprise me if Darren's like, hey, guys, we're going to fly out like an extra day or two earlier to Union Omaha. Like, at that point, go play spoiler. Like, you play what? Union Omaha, Tormenta, Greenville, Tormenta, the next month, go play spoiler. Focus on the Central Valley game, get it, have a good Labor Day, and then go from there. But, um, guys, yeah. I think we did a good job talking about this show. Real quick, before we end this, Landon Johnson, how excited are you about him? I, I, I think if he consistently gets minutes, we're looking at a, a good talent, yeah. a really good talent. Because the, the only thing that I feel with players his age is that they don't get enough time on the feed in order to develop that confidence, in order to develop that familiarity with the league. And it, it's a bit piecemeal. And you start saying, oh, they're not doing well enough. And it's like, how do you expect them to do well enough if they're playing like 30 minutes every three games? So I like the fact that he's consistently getting minutes. Yeah, he's making mistakes, but he's learning from his mistakes. He's starting to be more assertive. As you said, Kate, today, he was, he was in this game, he was a lot more instinctive and didn't spend too much time thinking. And he just let his instincts take over. And when he starts doing that, it's just going to keep going up and up and up and up. And you're going to see by the end of the season, I think even with just seven games, if he's consistently playing in at least five of those seven games at the end of the season, we're looking at a player who's a lot different than what we're seeing now, a lot better. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that like you can't, there's a reason, you know, in, in preseason or, you know, playing in youth academies doesn't get you to first team level on its own because you can't reach first team level without minutes in the first team against opponents in your in that same league level because the pace of play, the physicality, yeah. how quickly you need to be able to control the ball, how quickly you need to be able to make decisions. You can't develop that unless you're playing in games. So Again, like, yeah, his instincts are so good. That's what I think we've seen in the last two matches. His instincts are there. It's the things that you can't develop unless you're playing in a game, which is your first touch, how quickly you're making just 
the decision, how well you're able to read the options in front of you and make the right decision. All those things you can't develop until you're actually playing. You can't, you can't make those, you can't develop those in training and you can't develop those against other 16 year olds. It has to be in the higher uh, level environments. So it is really exciting to see him improve match over match because it shows that, you know, he is internalizing, you know, the, the in-game experience that he's getting um, and building on it. So it's hopefully that arc, that pr the progression arc is consistent and we're able to see him continue to build as the season progresses. Do you think he registered a goal or an assist by the end of the season? I think so. The way he's playing, I think by the end of the season, he could get one of the two, if not both. Okay. He came close on uh, yesterday. So, he's yeah. there for um, I, 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 If I had to choose one, I would leave more goal. I think the uh, the distribution part of his game is going to take a little bit longer to develop because if you're 16, you're playing. Like, it's like, go, 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 go. You're not, like, lifting your head up and looking at the distribute at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the goal might happen more than the assist, but he is a promising prospect. Um, Beckett Howe, uh, he's another promising player. We've seen him play a couple of minutes. I got to go back and told him to see how many minutes he's played so far. But um, for him, if he does get to start, and I'm, I'm going to assume he is, what are you looking for him to have a good game in? Like, what would we consider for him as a good, strong start? Um, honestly, I, I think, I think, I, I don't know. I, I feel that, that he's at a stage that we may see what we're seeing from Johnson this season, more from him next season. I think he, he, he still needs another season to bet in, to get used to the, to the speed of play in training. And then next year, I think he will, he'll be a completely different kettle of fish. He'll be able to come in the same way Johnson did this season and start to get a few minutes here and there and, and, and start to develop a sequence of games where he's getting minutes to strengthen his game, to sharpen his game. And then by the end of next season, he, he's going to be – what we're what we're projecting Johnson to be at the end of this season. I'd say, yeah, and like if for if he gets the opportunity this match, I just love to see him um, play composed passes out of the back. Um, I think that's the measure for a young player, especially in this era of ball playing center backs, where we're not just <laughs> expected to have that level of composure. I would like to see him keep his head. You know, you, you can make instincts come into play a lot when you're, you know, defending actively going in for a tackle. But it's, I think it's a little bit harder when you have a moment to think and make a decision. So um, hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping to see that sort of level of proposed passing from him. Uh, I think that's harder to manage in the game than when you're flying by the seat of your pants and just making those instinctual decisions. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's kind of the same thing. I want to see him play Kabo's, but I will also it is more so on Audi. I would love to see the, the leadership role on Audi kind of help instruct Becca Howe through those tough moments. 
because he's going to have tumbles. Like they're going to target him. Um, and I want to see how he handles that um, <clears throat> with veteran attackers like Bishop and others like that. So uh, that 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 would be a good task for um, for Darren and the boys. But um, we'll be out there Wednesday. Um, it's Labor Day weekend, so you might get a podcast a little bit earlier. But guys, anything else before we wrap up? It was nice to enjoy uh, kickers for almost a full 90. <laughs> it was. It was. kind of was. Yeah. I think I think it's it's showing signs it's, uh, that things are getting better. The the only thing that I'm a little concerned about is what happened in the Central Valley Fuego Madison game. Um, this is a for me. If without knowing the result of that game, I would have thought to myself, "All right, this is this is good." Now we're going up against the bottom team in the league, and but we've got to look at it and be like, okay, great. The bottom team in the league is <laughs> just put four past forward Madison. <laughs> hey, hey, so, <laughs> they gave up four up a man. Yeah, true. True. Uh, that That is true, but they still, I mean, it puts a chip, it, 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 you know, it puts a little pep in your step when you put four past a team that's, that's, that's in the upper half of the table and you're dead last. And I, this is, for me, it's like, this is the worst time that could have happened. <laughs> that's how bad we've been thinking about everything. Like, damn it, they score four. Damn it. <laughs> who knows? Anything happens. And look, to the end of the time, we're going to keep cheering for the Roos. Um, as listeners, as we always say, we just want to say thank you for taking the time of your day for listening to our show. Because without you, we couldn't do this. Um, so if you want to support our podcast, if you want to help Shanir get great Wi-Fi, you can do so for the low fee of 99 cents. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I just want you to know, we had people reaching out. They were like, is there any way we can help Shanir get a microphone? And I was like, I automatically sent them the donation link. I was like, you can donate here. You can send money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you can send money. <laughs> I promise you, listen, that was that plan. Building. That was that plan. Um, but yes, if you are interested in supporting the show, you can do so. Go to, uh, see there, you kicked yourself off at that point. Um, <laughs> if you're interested in supporting the show, I'm telling you, right? <laughs> the greatest self promotion ever. Um, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can do so. Head on over to rivercity93.com. We got the YouTube page up running, we got articles coming out soon. I promise you, they are coming out soon. We have an interview with that, uh, that coming out. We have an interview with Darren coming out soon. Uh, we also have working on an article on the top five greatest players in the USL League One era for the Richmond Kickers. There are some surprises on that list, so you make sure you are um, subscribed to the RiverCity93.com page. As always, as always, as always, we know this season's been tough. We just want to say thank you guys for helping and supporting our show because we are very close to 20,000 downloads and listens over the course of five years. So with that being said, As always, y'all, we will see y'all Wednesday. If you see us, 
Smile on us. Just have fun. You got eight games left. Enjoy. Have a drink. Why not? But with that being said, for Kate, for Shadir, for Matt, for Gabe, and myself, we will holler at you guys next week. Be easy and be safe. Oh, my God.